This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Feisty, fearless, and fair. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Is it time to get very tough on our neighbor, Mexico? Boy, some stunning headlines tonight, everybody on the Rita Cosby Show. And I want to hear your thoughts as to what we need to do. Here we have our neighbor to the south and some of the stunning details that have just come out about these four Americans who traveled to Mexico last week from the Carolinas. Now they have been found. Two of them found dead. One of them was wounded. The other one was unharmed. And frightening details that they went down there for a medical procedure. The woman went down for like a tummy tuck and went down there and somehow they got a little lost in the area. They were in Matamoros, Mexico, right over the border. And now we're finding out that the cartels mistook who they were, essentially, open fire in an area. And what's so frightening is this is literally right across the way from the United States. This is right across the border from Brownsville, Texas. And that is what makes this so alarming and so concerning. And we've been hearing about these stories. In fact, I was on Cats and Cosby earlier today on 77 WABC. And we were talking with a guy named Michael Cutler, who's a former immigration naturalization service guy, special agent in charge. And he said, guess what? The cartels are already in New York. It's not a question of are they coming to the United States? He said they are still in New York. They're very much imprinted in New York and also very much uh, basically responsible for so much drug crime in our area. So what are your thoughts tonight as to what needs to be done with the cartels? And do you have any faith that our president will be able to get a handle on it, that our president will do anything about what is clearly an enormous problem? We've got 100,000 Americans that are dying every year because of fentanyl. Our president barely ever mentions the word fentanyl. It's really, really stunning. And those families who have lost loved ones to fentanyl, it's just downright heartbreaking. And you see the details and you see the sadly the body count and you see the fact that they are putting it in colored pills to make it appealing to young kids. And it's happening over and over again. So I do think our open border contributes to it. Clearly, Mexico isn't doing anything about it as long as they can kind of do their thing. They don't seem to care. And I don't really see them cracking down on these cartels on their side of the border. So there's lots of stuff tonight in the last few hours from many people who are saying it is time to really ramp up the attacks on the other side of the border. 
Some of you even brought up the point that, look, when we were going after Osama bin Laden, we went into Pakistan. And in fact, who can forget that it was basically right down the street from their equivalent of West Point, if you will. And we went in and we did that strategic attack with our Navy SEALs, our SEAL Team 6. Remember, in the middle of the night, they went in with their choppers. Turned out, thank goodness, it was Osama bin Laden's location. They shot him dead. We've had Rob O'Neill, who was the brave Navy SEAL, sort of leading that effort. He's been on the show talking and recounting that moment. But he said they were really worried going in and going out until they got out of, you know, Pakistani airspace. That's when they breathed a sigh of relief. But is it time that we really got to get tough and go after Mexico and go after these cartels and go after these fentanyl producing factories and hit them where it hurts? Don't let them come into the United States with this open border and don't just sort of sit back and say, "Okay, well, let's turn a blind eye to China. Let's turn a blind eye to Mexico. Why don't we go in and really go after some of these factories and tell Mexico? And this is what Donald Trump did. Donald Trump basically said, are you with us or are we going to be going it alone? Which one are we doing? Because we're doing it. And this president so far has been so weak in terms of our border and in terms of policy and in terms of clarity with the Mexican government that they feel they can just kind of send whoever they want. And in fact, President Trump talked at CPAC over the weekend, basically said, hey, guess what? Mexico and all these countries, they're not sending their rock stars. They're sending People, obviously, there are some who are fleeing, and I don't blame them again for coming to Mexico, but he brought up the fact that some maybe are from mental institutions, some are criminals, some are whoever, just kind of keep going north, don't worry about it. That is not the kind of country we have or that we want. And this is really disturbing because when you see this trend and the fact that people almost daily There are so many Americans that cross right over that border, right over the border, whether it is, you know, into Tijuana on the California side, whether it's into Matamoros over the Brownsville, Texas side, all those different areas, they go over all the time. They're buying prescriptions. They're doing cheaper medical procedures. That's why these people went over and they didn't expect to be caught in like a gang, you know, gunfire uh, suddenly in the middle of the day. And you see it on the videotape. I mean, it's clear as day. It is just downright frightening. So tonight, in the last few hours, we've been hearing also from Lindsey Graham, senator of South Carolina. And again, remember, these people were from South Carolina. So there's an attachment here. And Senator Graham came out and said that he is prepared to introduce legislation to, quote, set the stage for U.S. military force in Mexico saying it is time to get tough on the neighboring country after these four Americans were kidnapped by armed men this week and also two of them killed. He said, I would put Mexico on notice. If you continue to give safe haven to drug dealers, you are the enemy of the United States. That is the message from Senator Lindsey Graham tonight. What are your thoughts about all of this? And what can we learn from the fact that these people just went over during the day and that this is our southern neighbor. This isn't thousands of miles away. This is our southern neighbor where we have, sadly, a wide open border. Lindsey Graham, by the way, is not alone. Uh, Listen to former Attorney General Bill Barr, who basically said it is time to really stick it to the Mexican cartels. Take a listen. I think we, we have to deal with this group like we dealt with ISIS. We have to use every tool. We have to use economic 
We have to use uh, intelligence assets, military assets, and law enforcement. And we have to methodically dismantle these groups. And we have to tell the Mexicans they're either coming along with us for the ride uh, or step aside. We're going to do it by ourselves. But it's I'll tell you what's unacceptable, which seems to be, you know, the, the word that the Biden administration trots trots out uh, when, when one of these outrages occurs. What's unacceptable is the status quo. The status quo is downright dangerous. And Bill Barr also said that the Mexicans clearly are turning a blind eye to this problem. There's no doubt about it. Uh, take a listen to what he said about that. The United States has been playing this game with Mexico for a long time. Mexico, with the exception of Philippe Calderon, who's actually interested in fighting the cartels, the rest of them are perfectly willing to allow the cartels to kill Americans and do what they do, uh, as long as they don't uh, overthrow the Mexican government. Yeah, and that is not a good position to be in. So basically mob rule down there. And as long as that government stays in power, uh, Bill Barr believes that they'll just continue and just allow it to happen. And we have seen time and time again the relationship with many people. And in fact, remember, it was the guy who was basically the equivalent of the attorney general, the head of security for Mexico. Remember, who just got charged recently with taking bribes from the cartels, from the Sinaloa cartel. So what does that say about how high up it goes in the Mexican government? So is it time that we just have to send a message to the cartels that we're not going to take it anymore? Well, Senator Ted Cruz says, guess what? These problems that are happening now at the border go up to one person. Listen to what Senator Ted Cruz had to say. Those who kill American citizens must be held accountable. And and at the first instance, this wouldn't happen if we had responsible presidential leadership. Joe Biden created the chaos at the border. Joe Biden stopped building the wall. He reinstated catch and release. He pulled out of remain in Mexico. And what Joe Biden has done is he's turned these vicious narco terrorists into multi-billionaires. So is Joe Biden to blame for the problems? What do you blame and how do we fix what is just utter chaos, literally across the border from us and a place where many Americans go every single day, whether it's for a vacation or whether it is for a medical procedure, again, cheaper prescriptions. A lot of seniors go down there for cheaper prescriptions. There are so many reasons. And this case especially with these South Carolina citizens who were just going across there and suddenly caught in the crossfire in Matamoros is downright frightening. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. You know, Mike, this is so heartbreaking, this story of these four people, two of them found dead, um, you know, it's just when you saw the video, I'm not surprised because it looked like a shootout and it looked like they they were pulling the bodies into the vehicle. So it looked like somebody had been killed. It's just it is. I think it's so eye opening for every American, Mike. Exactly right, Rita. And, you know, um, four people, um, uh, two were, were dead. I didn't see the video, but I will on the news. Um, uh, four were from uh, South Carolina. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, the drug cartel, it's a mob rule. It's a mob rule down there in Mexico. And Joe Biden, like he always does, he's sitting on his hands. He's oblivious. 
and he could care less. You know, doing the right thing, he's the worst uh, donkey slash Democrat in history. And it's outrageous. And fentanyl, uh, I think the number, Rita, uh, uh, is up to, what, 13 million people, uh, recent visitors to our good country, the migrants, something like that. I mean, I think it's got to get better before it gets worse. But all indications are it's getting worse as each day passes by. Right. What, what do you think, Mike, of uh, Lindsey Graham, the senator there from South Carolina, your state, um, saying just yeah. a little bit ago that he thinks it's maybe time to bring in U.S. military force in Mexico, that it's time to get tough with these cartels because he doesn't see the Mexican government doing anything. He sees them being complicit. Exactly right. They are complicit and they just worried about they're making serious dead presidents, I call it, you know, money, dead presidents. And, you know, get the military involved, get something involved and, and get, you know, uh, other areas of the border. Enough is enough. Close the gate. And, and so outrageous. You know, Rita, you spoke about it. And you always acknowledge the police and the veterans. Some of our veterans are homeless. They should get first priority. And we're giving carte blanche to, you know, immigrantes. And it's outrageous, you know. Yeah, no, it is. I'll tell you. And by the way, uh, this comes also as there's new word, too. Uh, that New York City is opening up a 24-7 asylum seeker arrival center. It's like, um, wait a minute, you just brought up a great point that like how many homeless veterans are on the streets of New York and so many other cities, and and yet there's like, here's another processing center, you know? Um, it's going to replicate services provided at the Port Authority bus terminal last summer, and it's going to be a 24-7 center to process more migrants coming into the city. I mean, how is that disincentivizing people from coming illegally to New York? And people wonder, why are they coming to New York? And it's costing, did you see this the other day, Mike? It came out 5 to $10 million a day is what it is costing New York taxpayers. And now they are opening up yet another center. Your thoughts on this? I heard it on your show, 5 to $10 million a day. And uh, you know what, Rita? Um, here's another thing. Um, I mentioned it uh, on Dominic's show a couple of weeks back. You know, the vice president, she's smiling. Oh, the borders are fine. The borders are fine. Send a few buses to her residence in D.C. Maybe she can make hot chocolate and, you know, holiday cookies for the uh, recent visitors, political correctness, recent visitors to our good country. Outrageous on every level. Outrageous, Rita. Yeah, how can any city sustain it, whether it's uh, Columbia, South Carolina, or New York City, or Philadelphia? I mean, that price tag is astounding. And they're estimating, by the way, it's going to be like $4.2 billion by the end of like June 2024 at this pace. I mean, $4.2 billion? You, you brought up a great point, Mike. Think about all the homeless veterans and all the other American, legal American citizens that could be taken care of. It is shocking. We're going to continue with your calls. Mike, thank you. Always great to hear from you. 1-800-848-9222. What should happen with Mexico? And is it fair that there's a new center that's being built It is a new 24-7 migrant asylum seeker arrival center. And New York wonders why so many are coming to New York. Let's see, free phone, free hotel, processing center. Uh, What about some wardrobe? Let's throw that in and booze. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. You can never go wrong with a little bit of Genesis on a weekday night here on the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about some real serious stuff. The fact that two Americans have now been found dead. Remember, there were reports about four of them who traveled into Mexico last week from South Carolina. Uh, Now they were discovered in a house. Uh, Two of them dead. One of them wounded. One unharmed. They are back in Mexico, and when you hear their story, it is terrifying. You can see it all over the video. And it was the weirdest thing, too, how we found out how they were dead. Uh, the president, uh, President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, was in a press conference, and he gets a phone call from somebody from the Matamoros area where the drug uh, cartels were operating and open fire on this thing. And he calls in. He goes, oh, just hold on a second. And he plays the guy in the news conference saying, hey, tell everybody here, all the press listening, what happened? I mean, what a bizarre thing. And the guy's like, oh, well, two are dead. You know, it was like this bizarre, bizarre exchange. And the president, what has he done? What has he said that he's going to get tough on these people? We're not hearing it. He basically was just relaying the details. Maybe they're just sadly so used to it in Mexico But sure enough, all the details that we were just talking about with the fact that this, like, basically former attorney general of Mexico is basically in the pocket of the Sinaloa cartels. He was just convicted in New York. Uh, It just shows how deep and how widespread this is. And this just shows how serious it is. If you don't think these people are operating in the United States, uh, you are really foolish. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Janet, line two. Janet, your thoughts about all this. Oh, hi. Yes, I'm approaching this from a slightly different angle. Uh, I don't know what to do about violence in Mexico, but I do know what to do about people going to other countries for health care. Did you know that there are 2 million people every year, Americans, who go to other countries, Mexico, Europe, Canada, every place they can go because healthcare is so much cheaper in other countries. And that's a function of the fact that we are the only wealthy country, the only developed country that does not have national health insurance. Uh, we have you know, you know, Janet, million- by the way, you bring up yeah. you do bring up a great point, because yeah. not only not only, by the way, our medical procedures so expensive here. Um, but also, um, she went down apparently for a tummy tuck. Um, that was uh-huh. what, that was what she, more of an aesthetic thing, obviously, in this case, I assume. Um, but also prescriptions, prescription drugs are through the roof here. I mean, that's another big issue in the United States, too. There's so many of these layers that you're just talking about, um, associated with expensive healthcare in the United States. Um, and it's sad that they go to places like this. And, and obviously, first of all, you can't, you don't know if they're regulated or not. So there's a lot of questions with that. 
needless to say, in this case, um, it was you don't go. Mexico is such a dangerous country right now. I was just looking at a chart, Janet, where they basically showed it's like two areas out of like, you know, 200 where it's considered not deadly. Everything else is basically a do not travel. Um, But you're right. And it is sad that and by the way, most of the people, a lot of the people that are going um, elsewhere are seniors. Because, of course, as you get older, there's more procedures, there's more things. Um, but that is a powerful point. I mean, it's a different perspective. But you're right. We have to figure out a way to make health care more affordable and more reasonable in this country. Um, but you shouldn't have to put your life on the line to go down to get a tummy tuck uh, right over the border. This is just unbelievable. And sadly, I think the Mexican president is so used to this, he sees it all the time. He was probably like, oh, two killed? Usually it's 20. I mean, it's just crazy. We're going to continue your calls. What needs to happen? Do we need to get tough on Mexico? 1-800-8489-222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue, where we honor our great law enforcement and their heroic efforts, a very special story coming from Hallowell, Maine, where the interim police chief and public works crews teamed up recently during a snowstorm to help a woman who had just delivered a baby get the help that she needed. Roads in Hallowell, Maine were less than ideal for first responders to get a mother and her newborn during a recent snowstorm. So emergency crews received a 911 call at the height of the storm from a woman who said she was in labor. And the rescue personnel were hampered by the poor road conditions, which delayed their response, understandably. Thankfully, interim police chief Chris Giles was nearby and was able to help the woman and the baby, which had just been born until ambulances arrived. The interim police chief Giles and public works crews then got to work at the woman's home to clear the snow with plows and shovels and lay down sand for traction. Now that the way was clear, they were able to then get to the ambulance to bring it in to transport the mom and the baby to the hospital. Wow, what an operation. Can you imagine? Well, when police checked in a few days later, the mother and baby are said to be doing well. What a big, big project. And it just shows often how difficult things are, especially when Mother Nature is involved. And, of course, the great, great work of our men and women in blue. So the big question tonight with lots of these just horrible stories of what's been happening in Mexico, and especially the fact of this terrible story about the four people that were suddenly ambushed in a car, and you see it all on video. You see this uh, cartel basically opens fire on them. We find out two of them are dead. And now the question is, is it time to get tough on the cartels? There are a number of U.S. Congress people who are saying it is time that maybe the U.S. military needs to go in and basically carpet bomb the uh, cartels. Uh, go we go to their like homes. 
uh, go to their manufacturing facilities, especially that are manufacturing fentanyl and bringing it in and working with the Chinese? Is it time to just take matters into our own hands? Because look what's happening to our country. And Bill Barr, the former attorney general under President Trump, basically said Mexico is a bunch of wimps. They aren't going to do anything because they are basically controlled by the cartels. Take a listen. Here is Bill Barr. This is cut 26. Mexican government is being held hostage by tens of thousands of paramilitary members of terrorist organizations that effectively control Mexico. It's pretty close at this stage to a failed narco state. Uh, They can use violence and um, oceans of cash to corrupt uh, the government. The government has no will and it doesn't have the ability to deal with the cartels. What a mess. A failed narco state right across our border. And by the way, Bill Barr, as we have seen over the years, he usually kind of tempers things. So if that's Bill Barr tempering things, things must be really bad. He basically says it is time to get tough, that he has seen the statistics, knows how bad it is. And Senator Tez Cruz said basically the cartels are going ka-ching, ka-ching because of Joe Biden. Joe Biden becoming president is the best thing that ever happened to the Mexican drug cartels. And he also says that it is time to basically tell the cartels you cannot have a free-for-all in America. And if Biden won't do it, maybe the U.S. military can. The answer is not just go to war with Mexico. The answer is put pressure on Mexico and have the Mexican army show up, arrest these guys, extradite them to the United States. They need to be prosecuted and face the full force of American justice. And if we had a president with with, with a scintilla of willingness to stand up to other nations, that's exactly what would be happening right now. But do you have any faith that President Biden would do that? Uh, We haven't seen any evidence that he would actually take matters into his own hands. Lindsey Graham is going further. He's saying the U.S. military maybe needs to get involved. That's how far he is going. He's saying he has no faith in the Mexican military to play a role. And then what role do certain cities have? I mean, we just talked about New York City in the middle of this migrant crisis where they've got basically 50,000 that are coming through the system since last spring. There's about 30,000 that are in the city's care, again, at a price tag of 5 to $10 million a day. Well, now there is a 24-7 asylum seeker arrival center that's getting ready to open. How much is that costing taxpayers? And did taxpayers agree to that? What is going on with that? And then on the other hand, too, you got to uh, look, let's go even further. San Francisco, this is a stunning story. San Francisco County Supervisor Shimon Walton is telling San Franciscans that the U.S. shouldn't deport illegal immigrant drug dealers for selling fentanyl. That the deadly synthetic opioid that, of course, has been largely responsible for so many deaths, that basically moving them goes away from the sanctuary city policies. You have an illegal immigrant drug dealer who is selling fentanyl, toxic fentanyl, that is so toxic that even like a little drop, a little grain of salt is enough to basically kill you. And if you are caught as a dealer of that, not just a user, a a child or somebody who thinks that they're getting, you know, oxycontin or something else, and it turns out to be this. If you're a dealer of the most deadly drug that's basically out there right now, 
um, that won't be enough reason to basically expel you. Because if it's a sanctuary city, you have to take everybody in with open arms, including drug dealers that are selling fentanyl. How messed up is that? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm. Line one. Norm, your thoughts about all this. Hi, Rita. Um, yes, uh, we have to bolster up the border. Uh, do everything. Uh, um, as far as I agree with Lindsey Graham, I, I, I agree with Senator Cruz. But I think Americans also uh, have to some degree take share the blame for this. We're the prime consumers of these drugs in America, and uh, they have to they have to make the penalties for buying and selling drugs in the U.S. They have to make them a hell of a lot stronger. Uh, the you know Mexico is a mess. It's a big mess. Uh, whether the military should go in there and uh, clean that up? Mm, yeah, I guess so. But uh, uh, you're talking about a war. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if, you know, we will always have a problem with this in America as long as we are the prime consumers of these drugs. You know, Norm, you bring up a good point. And, you know, the other thing you also brought up the, you know, I'm not a big fan of bringing the U.S. military in because you're right. It really opens us up. Um, And the problem is if you have a leaky sieve of an open border, which we do, um, (laughs) how is that, you know, no matter what you do on the other side of the border, they're still able to come over and cross unless you can kind of secure the border and then maybe take some action or do something like that. Uh, but to first do that while you still have an open border, it doesn't seem to make any sense to me. And I also right. am reluctant to send in the U.S. military on something like that. But there are people talking about it because things have gotten so bad. And you're right. Americans are also using it. Um, but there are a lot of people who are not using it, uh, not intentionally, at least, you know, I mean, most of those deaths, you really should call them murders. They're not people who are saying, hey, I can't wait to get fentanyl. They're people who are getting other things and it was laced with fentanyl. Um, so that that's really serious stuff. They're they're putting it in everything. And you wonder why. Why are they doing that? Why are like they, you know, basically, you know, sneaking it in, Norm? I mean, it's not like it, we are using other drugs, but people are not. Mm-hmm publicly saying, hey, I can't wait to get more fentanyl, you know? Well, you know, President Biden and the president administration are derelict in their duty in protecting this country. And uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it does. It seems like it's more important that they get these migrants in because they want future Democratic voters and the safety of the you know, existing present population of the United States, our citizens. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if it would be up to me, I mean, I think impeachment is in order for just for that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm hoping it'll get better, but it doesn't seem like it unless uh, we control the Congress also, uh, we being uh, uh, Republicans. And I think it's going to it's just going to happen more and more and more. And, uh yeah, uh, we have a we have a big mess going on here, and uh, we do. And at what uh, point, though, at Norm? I mean, at what point? That's the thing. It's like, how much more can we take? It's just, it is stunning to me how mm-hmm. open the border is, and how much we will feel that for generations to come. Norm, you're terrific. Great to always hear from you. Let's go to Al, line four. Al, how do we fix this? Yeah, hi Rita. 
Thanks for taking my call. You know, I just want to say the current president, uh, he doesn't have the will to do anything with the border. Uh, what we need, unfortunately, it's going to take uh, time until we get a new president, hopefully a strong leader like uh, President Trump, who did a great job on the border, uh, He, you know, when he uh, was the uh, commander in chief. There was no doubt. And by the way, at his CPAC speech the other day, he said, you know, uh, we will make America safe again. We will make yeah. America strong again. And he was... I think specifically when he's talking safe, he's talking border, he's talking, you know, uh, repeat offenders on crime. Uh, And that was refreshing to hear that, Al, because I hadn't heard that from an American president in a long time. That's great. And, you know, Lindsey Graham, I know his intentions are good. He says maybe the military should get involved with uh, the U.S. military with the Mexico cartel problem. But unless the commander in chief, the executive of the country is all in, nothing is going to happen. And Joe Biden is not going to be all in for that. Uh, He's very indecisive and he hasn't done anything. He's created a mess. Yeah, it is a mess. And that's why unless we could get that border under control, you know, it, it doesn't really matter what we do on the other side because they're still going to get in. So that's we right. got we got to figure out a way. Al, thank you very much. Let's go to Phil. Uh, line five. Phil, your thoughts about all this. How you doing, Rita? Can you hear me? Yep, I hear you. Great, Phil. Go ahead. You know, we for, we got to get down to, 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 to logistics. Fighting. The, the them in in Mexico is crazy. We have so many drug cartels here in the United States already. We need to get control of the border. We got to close the border. We got to use the technology we have, facial recognition. Think these people that are coming in here get their facial recognition in our system. Also use that facial recognition for voting. We have to get voting under control in this country so we can get a, a, a government that's going to work for the people. One photograph, one vote. That's fair for everybody. By the way, I like your idea. You know, Phil, I actually think your idea is really smart about the facial recognition, uh, because then there isn't a way, hopefully, to, you know, to jimmy the system um, or to, you know, have suddenly, you know, and, and what I think is hard, you know, with all the like early voting, it just breeds people to not feel good about the process. They just have to feel that their vote matters and that they're confident in the integrity and all the ballot harvesting that's allowed in a number of states, a lot of these things that opened up, of course, during COVID, I mean, and have continued still past then. Um, but your point is an interesting one with facial recognition, because then it would also be, okay, well, this person came in illegally, keep them tracked in the system. But then you have to have a government that cares about that, as opposed to saying, hey, let's do blanket amnesty one day. And you know what? Exactly. Uh, you know, the problem is, too, Phil, I get so frustrated when I hear that there's all these new locations and things helping migrants. And I, we are a great country and we are a melting pot. But when you walk down the street, any big street, you know, all over America, you see so many homeless. I've, I must have seen 20 homeless veterans today. And that breaks Sad. my heart. You know, I mean, what are we doing for them? Nothing. Sad. It really is Sad. You know, there's cameras everywhere in this country. They have restaurants that have facial recognition. If someone is, you know, have, they have a problem with, they don't let the person in. Madison Square Garden, if you're uh, an agitator, they they pick you up. They don't let you in. Same thing with this country. You people can, And the bad people won't come here because they don't want to be, be known that we know them or we have a picture of them or we can track them. You know, it's so easy to track these people in this country. I know people think about it as a, as a, a, a little overreach for the government, but you know what? We, we need the tools. We, we, we did so much with DNA, with ballistics, uh, that would turn things around. If 
believe it or not, if we had DNA based uh, basis in, in this country, we would know who DB Cooper was. We have no DNA. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. There would be a lot of things that would be solved. Um, uh, great, great call, right. Phil. Thank you All very right. much. Appreciate it. Let's go to BJ. Line one. BJ, your thoughts about what needs to be happened? Phil had a good idea about facial recognition. I agree. I we know who DB Cooper is. He lives in Forest Hills. He calls you almost every night. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, that's what I. That's my theory. Uh, not yet uh, substantiated, but I'm working on it. So three points: militarize the border, cut the cut the the fentanyl supply off from Beijing, China. All roads lead to Beijing. Beijing is uh, <clears throat> uh, giving. Uh, uh, weaponizing these cartels. This is the border is disintegrated now. When you have stuff like this, where people cross the border and they're getting picked off like uh, pigeons, uh, this is this is a, a state of war now. Could you? I mean, this is compare this to the Poland-Ukraine border. Could you imagine if if uh, Putin uh, started picking people off in Poland? It'd start a, a firefight. You could it'd spread like wildfire. We need to militarize the border initially. Uh, uh, until we get it under control. And frankly, leadership stinks from the the, head, the fish stinks from the head down. You need to uh, seriously talk about the 25th Amendment. This guy that's running the show here is uh, he's he's out of it and he's a puppet for all of the, the hard left wing uh, of the Barack Obama Democrats. Yeah, who say, by the way, come on in. By the way, even Obama was tougher on the border. Uh, than Biden was. I mean, I, you know, I mean, for for all of uh, the craziness well, with Obama. No, but I'm just saying in some of the policies, because remember, he even took some heat from the furious. left. Yeah. Oh, well, the fast. So, you're right. The fast and furious was a huge that was I'm not saying he was by any means perfect on the border, BJ, but I am. There were certain things that he was critical of. But you're right on the fast and furious. It's, that was a disaster. Worse. We've had too many angel moms, uh, and I'll never forget Kate Steinle. That's what prompted me to support President Trump uh, when that woman was killed out in San Francisco by an illegal alien who jumped in here eight times. These people do nothing. And as far as deporting drug dealers, you know, other countries, and I'm going to leave this, I'm going to leave it, leave this lay there. Other countries don't deport their drug dealers; they execute them. You go over to uh, uh, Indonesia or any of these other countries. Oh, yeah, they don't fool around. And by the way, did you hear no. this craziness that the San Francisco supervisor is saying that you shouldn't deport fentanyl dealers because it violates sanctuary city policies? I mean, what is this guy on? BJ, oh, yeah, my well, gosh. Yeah, it's out there, right? Out there. With the, the, that's what happens when you legalize the marijuana. They sniff it out there, and then they go wacky in the head, and they say crazy crap like that. Yeah, boy, that's is that why. crazy. BJ, we love you. Thanks so much. You are absolutely right. We'll continue with your calls, everybody. one 800 848 And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. Coming up on the Rita Cosby Show, what do the new January 6th tapes reveal that Tucker Carlson put out? He is coming under attack from many Democrats saying, oh, it should not have been released, uh, that they shouldn't be out there. I think they should all be out there and have the American public see it. 
anything that puts somebody in danger or for security reasons, that's a different detail. Um, but the essence of not showing tapes uh, because what it paints a different picture, I think the public deserves answers uh, wherever it lies. Um, there's still a lot of unanswered questions, and we're going to talk about that and a whole bunch more coming up on the Rita Cosby Show. Also, some new details about outside agitators that came into Atlanta that basically were burning down that cop city there. Remember, it was like totally ablaze, and now it turns out only two of the people are from Georgia, some of them from France and Canada. So who is paying for them to come in? They suddenly like change into black clothes and had Molotov cocktails and had sort of a very orchestrated attack. It looks like a group of sort of outside agitators. Who is behind that? I mean, these are not just people who were just kind of peacefully protesting and then suddenly at a music festival came over. It looks very organized, very orchestrated. Who is behind this sort of anti-police attack? And again, it's on a training facility. I thought that they wanted more training for police officers. They clearly just don't want them, period. So we're going to talk about that and a whole bunch more coming up, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, things are getting downright more dangerous on our border with Mexico. Again, the new details, of course, that those four Americans who traveled there from the Carolinas, two of them ended up dead. The other two, one injured, one is okay. They are back in the United States but they just went down there for a medical procedure to meet a doctor in Matamoros, Mexico, right over the border from Brownsville, Texas. How scary is that, that things are so out of control? And now there are talks about maybe it is time to send the U.S. military in. Senator Lindsey Graham says, this is the message for Mexico. I would tell the Mexican government, if you don't clean up your act, we're going to clean it up for you. Talking very tough. So where is this headed? Let's go to Sydney in the Bronx. Sydney, line seven, your thoughts about this. Yes, I'm a community act advocate, Sydney Flores in the Bronx, and I am for the military to go in and sweep it up. And I'm for also for New York City to please put in place uh, New York City cops to walk the beat. We need to see cops walking the beach in our neighborhoods. I don't understand what's so hard about figuring that out. Yeah, I agree, Sydney. I agree. I I feel comfortable when I see police. And in fact, one of the things we're going to talk in the next hour, Sydney, is that these these groups, there's a lot of people who don't want to see police. And and they were even burning down in Atlanta a training center. So, I mean, how is that sending a message? It's really shocking. Sydney, thank you. What a great call. Great to hear from you. Let's go to Josie in Virginia. Line one, Josie, your thoughts. Yes, two things. One is that my friend told me that the cartel people have to keep their billions of dollars that they're grabbing from everybody uh, that they are stealing from. Uh, they have to put them in a bank, and they're putting them in American banks. Now, I suggest that remember what the banks did to um, Mike Lindell, who was doing a legitimate business. It took his money out of their banks. Yeah, and why? That, that's a great point. Why are we not like freezing yeah, exactly. the the bank money, and especially if they're in our banks, Josie? Um, that's a great point. We need to find out about it. We need to go after that. Let's go to uh, let's go to Mark in North Carolina, calling in line eight. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, Rita. I always enjoy your show. It's nice to talk with you again. Um, 
I was calling because there is a, um, a, a precedent, basically, for uh, the United States military going into Mexico. Uh, in 1916, uh, Pancho Villa uh, attacked uh, Columbus, New Mexico. Hey, wait, do me a favor, Mark. Hold on. We'll continue after the break. You're giving us a history lesson, but stay with us. We'll have more. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tonight on The Rita Cosby, we're going to be talking a little bit more about Mexico, too, as well, with the new details, sadly, of these two Americans that were killed by the cartels. But also, more details are coming out about this attack on what is called Cop City in Atlanta. This was a police training center. It's a basically a construction site right now. They are creating a training center and suddenly, over the weekend, and you can see it on the videotape, it's like a hundred of these individuals change into like basically black clothes. They suddenly had Molotov cocktails, and they were throwing it at police officers, at police cars, at the construction site. You could see lots of fire, uh, lots of like attacks. You could see the officers ducking and running, and it was just a scary, scary scene. The police have been protecting this area because it's kind of come under attack from a number of different groups. And now we're finding out the people that were arrested there, only two of them are from Atlanta. The remaining group are basically from outside of Georgia. They're from even outside of the country. There are reports that some of them actually were from France and from Canada. So what were they doing in what seems like a very orchestrated, organized attack on a police facility, and especially when most of these groups have been complaining about police being too heavy-handed. And here was a training facility that would teach them best practices, not to be overbearing, not to use police brutality, as they have alleged. You know, so these would be training them to have the right procedures to be able to work better with the community. You would think they'd want more training for police. That's what they talk about all the time. So why are these groups and why were outside agitators brought in? Who is behind this? Is this something tied to somebody like a George Soros? Because how does somebody suddenly show up from France or Canada, show up at the right time, at the right place, they all dress in black, and then they suddenly, in this coordinated attack, go on a police training center in Atlanta? Who is behind this? Where's the money coming from? We need to get to the bottom of this because, to me, this is outrageous. And it just shows that these are not just people who have sort of, you know, a a grievance and want to vocalize a grievance. That's what America is about. I have no problem with people vocalizing and speaking out about issues uh, that they're passionate about. But when you resort to violence and when it is clearly this orchestrated effort, clearly somebody is funding these groups 
to go on all-out assault on police facilities, and we need to get to the bottom of it, not just to protect our police, but to protect America. There are so many questions tonight, and all I can think about, names like George Soros come to mind. What are your thoughts about all of this, guys? It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And take a listen Because the Atlanta City Councilwoman had this to say about what was clearly a massive attack. And these people are now, by the way, have been charged with domestic terrorism, uh, threats, assault. There's a whole bunch of charges. And yet she wants us to believe, just like the summer of 2020, that it was a peaceful protest. Take a listen. Property damage to me is not violence. It's not a human life. I don't know how we can talk about damaging windows. And the same breath as talking about Tort getting shot killed and shot over 13 times. What I am worried about is the loss of trust with the public. What I am worried about is the fact that the public feels so helpless that they're being driven to this. We've heard time and time again, we talk about being the birthplace of the civil rights movement. Well, civil rights leaders all have said that when the public, that riots and protests are the voice, are the voices of the unheard. People feel driven to this point. And we have to take it. We, we also have to look at ourselves and take responsibility for that. We are very complicit in the property damage that has taken place. The things that we're calling, the things that the city is calling violent, we push for those things to happen by not listening to the public. And so to sit here and point fingers and not take any responsibility or any of the blame is a failure in leadership. Failure of leadership. And officers attacked, a building set on fire, cars set on fire, police cars set on fire, And she thinks this was a peaceful protest. That's just like the folks who were protesting in the summer of 2020 that are now trying to get $21,000 each. And the city of New York is looking at paying them in a settlement. I mean, this is loony kazoony. And I bet they're going to say, oh, God, they violated our rights by arresting us. Well, what right do you have to be burning down a facility? Take a listen. Here is a little bit. This is Trey Gowdy talking about the hypocrisy of it all, saying that many people on the left are pushing for better trained officers, and then they do this. Take a listen. For years and years, the left has been telling us we need more training for law enforcement. We need more de-escalation training. We need to train them on, on, on proper use of force. And here you have a training facility. That's what this is, a training facility. And these spoiled brats want to firebomb it. And they want to firebomb it. And as if that's not dangerous and that that's okay to do. And then Trey Gowdy also brought up this. This is really interesting. He said, you know what? The feds should be involved in this case. Why are the feds going soft on them? You know, it's interesting because especially if these people came in from France and they came in from Canada and places like that, they clearly crossed state lines. I mean, it wasn't like they were living in Atlanta if they're from Viva La France and uh, the good old uh, squash the truckers place, Canada, right? So if it's that, you know, clearly they crossed state lines. They crossed international borders. Clearly the feds could get involved. So why are they being so mamsy-pamsy with these people when, remember, it's the same group, the Attorney General Merrick Garland, who, boy, couldn't wait to call parents domestic terrorists. Remember that? I mean, remember all that stuff? He couldn't wait to go after them. And now suddenly, when it comes to people that are firebombing a police station, there's nothing from them? 
Take a listen. This thing would be taken more seriously, I think, if it weren't GBI and state law enforcement that was leveling the charges, if it was the feds. I mean, we know Merrick Garland doesn't like domestic terrorism. He said that when some, when some parents got together in Virginia, and he, he never misses a chance uh, to do something about what he considers right-wing extremism. So how about this? So why is he going soft on this? And again, as I mentioned, speaking of soft, this is amazing. As we've been talking about the border, there is a San Francisco official who is basically saying, you know what, Uh, that even if you are a fentanyl dealer, you shouldn't be deported if you're there illegally in San Francisco because it would violate their sanctuary city policies, even for illegal drug dealers that are selling a drug that is basically killing 100,000 Americans a year. Boy, are we just out of whack. And then we got these people burning down facilities, and the feds don't say a word. But if a parent gets rowdy at a school meeting, oh boy, they are domestic terrorists. They are horrible people. What a mess we are living in. And so now we're also talking about the border being wide open and the fact that there are so many problems with drugs, many of them fentanyl coming, of course, through our southern border. And then the scary story is we were talking about the two Americans that are found dead, one wounded, one unharmed. And so today the White House was asked about it and asked, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to bring justice to these families? And listen to what uh, sort of the junior circle back Saki Corinne Jean-Pierre had to say at the White House press briefing. We're still working with Mexican officials to learn more and to have all Americans return to the United States. President Biden has been kept updated on this incident. Senior members of the White House has, have also been engaged. We extend our deepest condolences to their families and friends. For the sake of privacy and out of respect to the families, we are going to refrain uh, from further comment about those circumstances at this time. I can confirm that U.S. officials are in touch with the families of the individuals, but again, we will respect their privacy regarding our conversations with them. We appreciate the hard work of the Justice Department and the FBI, DHS, and DEA for their swift response to this awful incident and for their continued collaboration with Mexican authorities. These U.S. agencies remain in close touch with their counterparts, and we expect that they will share more as they can. Attacks on U.S. citizens are unacceptable, no matter where or under what circumstances they happen. We will continue to work closely with the Mexican government to ensure justice is done in this case. Wow, that is such a bunch of gobbledygook. I don't even know where to begin. Is there anybody out there who thinks that the Mexican government is working with us on this or anything related to our open border? They're cheering all the way saying, hey, keep sending people up. Send whatever else you want to send up. As long as the cartels don't overthrow them in Mexico, they're happy. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Eddie, line five. Eddie, your thoughts about what do we do with our border and obviously the fact that right across the border uh, is just, it is so dangerous and so deadly. And our border is getting that way too, sadly, because it's rippling over. Rita, like the in world, Rita, my my, my Danish Polish uh, cousin, uh, Bostrov Bambu Heloku, which is Czech, 
for something that my mother, my grandmother used to say, leveling to my father. I think it means God bless you. Um, I think like uh, the Western Front in Europe, you would talk about the rest, Western Front. We have a Southern Front right now. Rita, we are at war. And although I agree with you um, on not using the military, because you don't want to kill civilians coming over, um, you also want to control the drug cartels. Maybe we should send the Marines down to fill in for the, the Border Patrol, which for decades had lacked, um, lacked a population to control it. Gordon C. Chang, also looking at China, he said that basically, and I, I distilled it to this, that we are in a pharmacological war with China. They are trying to kill us with these drugs. And if you look at Joe Biden's arm, uh, there's an inoc- you know the inoculation scar. I know my father had two, one from Europe, one from here. Yeah, what's your and point, Joe Ed, Biden, real quick with that? Joe Biden also has a tattoo. It says made in China. Ah, look at you. Look at you. By the way, and he has he certainly hasn't gotten tough with China. I'll give you I'll give you that one. That's a new one. <laughs> I can't imagine him with the tattoo. Can you imagine that? It'd be like, uh, take a look, Jill. Look what I brought home. <laughs> Hunter might has a maybe has a few, but that's different. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to let's go to Keith in Ohio. Keith, your thoughts about all this. Hey, lovely Rita. How are you doing? Good, good, good. What do you think we should do to get tough? I mean, I think Ed's idea about send the Marines to the border for reinforcements is actually a really good idea. What are your thoughts, Keith? I agree with Ed, but we should do that and some other things. First of all, what this country needs to do, and the problem is I don't think people in the White House, Congress, and the Senate's got enough common sense to know what to do. First of all, pardon the pun, you need to resurrect Elliot Ness and uh, put together a big, huge, giant-sized, massive anti-Lamime, anti-drug cartel, anti-street gang task force and go after him big time. And most people forget Elliot Ness actually cared more about brains and brawn, and he had these three brilliant individuals that worked underneath him, codenamed the barber, the Indian, and the accountant. And uh, they went after people with their brains. Okay, one thing, the the accountant is the person that came up with the brilliant idea to take down uh, Al Capone through uh, income tax evasion and money laundering charges. But, you know, the problem is, Keith, and I hear you because I do think there's probably obviously a lot of crimes connected to the cartels and all these others. The issue is, will they it, will our administration get tough on them? I don't know if I have confidence that Merrick Garland would. And that's the really sad reality of it all, uh, that we have a very sort of uh, weak president in terms of really sticking it to these folks and saying to Mexico, hey, you got to work with us, as opposed what we're actually seeing now is basically Mexico having a free for all and our president going, OK. I mean, that's that's that it is, it is almost inconceivable that we're in that position, but we sadly are. So how do we turn it around if you don't have leadership that's willing to go after them? Uh, we don't have Somebody who's saying, go for it, Elliot Ness, go for it, you know, and and we don't. And that breaks my heart because, of course, first and foremost, we got to protect America. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue with your calls when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
And after the break, by the way, everybody, we are going to be talking about these explosive January 6th tapes that Fox News' Tucker Carlson has been playing. And they paint a very different picture uh, than we have seen from the January 6th commission. Uh, what they have shown so far basically shows that you see basically the officers in many cases inside kind of walking around, showing around some of the guys inside, like the shaman guy and a couple others. Uh, things look a lot more orderly. Um, in fact, in some places, they're almost, the Tucker uses the word tour guide. They seem to be a little more kind of respectful of the police. And if at one point, even the shaman says, hey, I want to give a prayer to the police officers. Uh, I want to thank them, you know, for protecting us. I mean, it's a very different impression that we saw in the January 6th commission. And I want to hear your thoughts as to what this all means. Do you think that maybe some of the people that have been charged if there are attorneys and others, and by the way, we had uh, Dershowitz on earlier today um, on Cats and Cosby when I was co-hosting, and Dershowitz is representing one of the clients. One of the his clients are uh, one of the folks that was in January 6th, and he said he never saw this videotape until like two or three days ago, that he was stunned when he saw the video, and he thinks it helps his client's case, and why didn't the January 6th committee put that out there versus some of this other stuff? So this is what Tucker Carlson has to say. Uh, he said that the video that he has seen, and they've seen 44,000 hours, his team has apparently, or at least looked through most of it or or the right you know key points of it, if you will. Um, and he says it paints a very different picture than what the January 6th commission, led by Liz Cheney and everybody else, had to say. Take a listen. Here is Tucker Carlson describing it. Within hours of January 6th, literally hours, you began to hear that day described as a deadly insurrection and not described by one news outlet or one politician, but in unison by all of them, almost like it was coordinated, a deadly insurrection. That's how history may record January 6th. But the tape that we reviewed from within the building on that day proves it was neither an insurrection nor deadly. And Senator Chuck Schumer is going crazy over the release of this video. Take a listen to what he said today just a few hours ago. I condemn Mr. Carlson for siding with the enemies of democracy. I strongly condemn Speaker McCarthy's actions and fiercely oppose his decision to share this footage with Carlson. I urge Fox News to order Carlson to cease propagating the big lie on his network and to level with their viewers about the truth, the truth behind the efforts to mislead the public. Conduct like theirs is just asking for another January 6th. So who is right here? He says it's instigating it. Meanwhile, Tucker Carlson is saying it is putting sunlight on it and showing the full story that the January 6th committee didn't want to see. Have you seen the videotape, and what do you make of all of this? Uh, let's go first to Richard in Brooklyn. Richard, you want to talk also about the Atlanta attack, too. Go ahead. I, I can make that. Sh- How you doing, Rita? I'm doing great. Uh, How you doing? Short- I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there, you know, one day at a time. Uh, you know, with the uh, – I, I do want to talk about the January thing, but I also want to make a quick 
statement on the Atlanta because my son lives in Atlanta, Georgia. Yep, real okay. quick, if you um, could, Richard. Yep. They don't need they don't they don't need the FBI to get involved in anything. Okay, the people that they have in their custody, they have their fingerprints. Send it to Interpol. Find out who they are. What records do they have? And check their bank accounts and who donated what money into their accounts. So follow the money and you'll find out who's behind everything. That's a great point, Richard, because you're right. Follow the money. Where do they get money? Who bought the flights or trains or whatever they took? Or did they swim all the way from France to Atlanta? We're going to talk more after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great military, a beautiful story about a veteran honored for finding a missing toddler lost in the woods. It happened just a few nights ago, um, and the mayor of Brooksville, Florida, the city council there issued a special proclamation for Marine veteran Roy Link, who found little J.J. in the woods a couple of weeks ago. The two-year-old had been missing for more than 24 hours after wandering away from his home. Now, J.J. and the veteran Roy Link will share a bond that will last well into the future, said the mayor there. The bond between the two of them was formed in an instant. Uh, The veteran said, he just held on to my shirt and I told them he wants to stay with me. Where he goes, I will go and I will be by his side. It all happened, by the way, after Link spotted J.J.'s curly hair in a heavily wooded area a few miles from J.J.'s home where the toddler disappeared a day earlier. Hundreds of volunteers, including the Marine veteran, embarked on a massive search to help find the missing boy in their community. And when his mother showed up, the veteran said and came in, she was hysterical. Um, He was calm. However, little J.J., the whole time, I give him so much credit after everything he went through. And needless to say, the mother, when she realized that the little boy was safe and sound, thanks to the great eye and the great effort of this veteran, was forever thankful. And he was recognized as a hero in the community. Link says he doesn't consider himself a hero. He just was simply happy that he was able to find the boy and bring him back to safety. He says, if I'm a hero, then everybody is. Everybody was there. Everybody in the community was out searching for little JJ. Everybody was trying to do what I was doing. And you know, we really all made it happen together. What a beautiful comment. And thank goodness the little boy is okay, thanks to the great work of this veteran and really the whole community. Well, we are talking about the very explosive January 6th videotapes. I'm sure you have seen them. Everybody's talking about them. Tucker Carlson getting access to 44,000 hours of tapes coming to him from Kevin McCarthy. And McCarthy said he wanted to give it to him. He wanted a group, somebody to look at it outside of Congress. And Tucker Carlson's team has been honing in on different parts, playing a lot of it. By the way, tonight... He also had an interview with somebody who was with the Capitol Hill police who said that he was never interviewed, even though his primary job was sort of keeping an eye on the senators and certifying the elections, making sure that everything went smoothly with the process. And this was a guy who was let go because he was wearing a MAGA hat. He said the only reason I was wearing a MAGA hat was so I could get through the crowd and the crowd 
uh, wouldn't be too boisterous with me. And that way I could get through and get access to everybody. And he said, you know, when I came out, I was trying to talk to my superior, trying to get answers, saying, where's the security? Where's backup? Where's this? And there was no answers. And he said when he basically didn't want to say the narrative that it seemed some people wanted to hear, then he wasn't called to testify. So that was pretty interesting. Also, by the way, the former head of Capitol Hill police, Stephen Sund, uh, was also on Fox. And he basically said, you know what, Uh, repeatedly he had asked even before January 6th for more help and basically was told no. And the message was essentially that Nancy Pelosi, who's in charge of Capitol Hill security, I never understood why she was never ordered to testify by the January 6th commission, that she basically didn't want the appearance of security all over the place, extra security, military presence, if you will. Boy, think about what a difference it would have been had they been there on site. And then Tucker Carlson's tapes are really explosive. They're really interesting. And this is what Tucker Carlson has to say is basically the synopsis from looking at the key parts from especially inside the Capitol. Take a listen to what Tucker Carlson said. And the January 6th commission ain't happy. The first thing you notice from viewing the full video record of January 6th is just how many people entered the Capitol building that day. Hundreds and hundreds of people, possibly thousands over the course of about two hours. The crowd was enormous. A small percentage of them were hooligans. They committed vandalism. You've seen their pictures again and again. But the overwhelming majority weren't. They were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists. They were sightseers. They were sightseers, according to Tucker Carlson. And then he further described the QAnon shaman. You remember that guy with the big horns? You can't mess him with the whole outfit. That guy was like, everybody was talking about him. He sort of epitomized what was going on on January 6th because you couldn't forget his outfit. And he was wandering around the hallways. And in the videotape that Tucker Carlson showed last night, he's peacefully walking on the hallways. I was looking at the tape again, even after the show last night. I saw it right before and I saw it afterwards. He's just kind of calmly walking around and you even see the guards basically opening the doors to the chambers, kind of walking with him. They look like very friendly. It looks like very cordial. It doesn't look like this chaotic sort of situation, at least especially when it comes to this guy. You know, I haven't seen all the videotape, but the parts that was shown, it certainly paints a very different picture. And this guy is being now, he was sentenced to four years behind bars for basically being led around the Capitol. And he's the one at one point who says, I want to pray for our police officers because they're protecting all of us. Thank you so much for letting us in. I mean, this there's something missing here, guys. Listen to what Tucker Carlson describes about Jake and Jacob Chansley, a.k.a. the crazy-dressed QAnon shaman. And at the center of it, the single most famous person arrested that day was a Navy veteran from Arizona called Jacob Chansley, often referred to as the QAnon shaman. The so-called QAnon shaman. QAnon shaman. Someone named Q shaman. Jacob Chansley became the face of January 6th, a dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. 
Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for paying the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us into the building. Thank you, police officers, for allowing us to come in this building. It sure paints a very different picture than we heard from the January 6th commission. So what about Jacob Chansley? Did he have access to this footage? Uh, I mentioned that earlier in the day I was talking to Professor Alan Dershowitz, and he's representing a client, and his client has yet to go to trial yet, and his client, and he never had seen this footage. And suddenly now they're trying to get access to it because he said there's some stuff on there that he thinks is going to be helpful to his client's case. That is really fascinating. So is there a lot more to the story than January 6th? Does this change the narrative um, or is it selective editing? What are your thoughts, everybody? Well, listen to Chuck Schumer because this is what he had to say. He couldn't wait to rip on Tucker Carlson. And I don't really know what the problem is. I think it's good. Put it out there. Let's have people see it because a lot of people were very concerned at the way that the January 6th commission was held. It sure was partisan. It was sure stacked against Trump. They didn't seem they was very much selective editing. They left out the peacefully and patriotically comments from Trump. Anything that was like positive to Trump, they left out. So who's to say they didn't leave out a whole bunch more? Why not? Let's see what they got. America deserves the answers. But listen to Chuck Schumer. He went after Tucker Carlson. Last night, millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. With contempt for the facts, disregard of the risks, and knowing full well he was lying, lying to his audience, Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. By diving deep into the waters of conspiracy and cherry-picking from thousands of hours of security footage, Mr. Carlson told the bold-faced lie that the Capitol attack, which we all saw with our own eyes, was somehow not an attack at all. Well, you know what? Clearly, it paints a different picture. And if you see the video, you see it with your own two eyes, He's walking around. You just heard him. He's giving a prayer for police. And they make it sound like he was out there to destroy everything. Clearly, a little bit of a screw loose. But he was walking around. And if you see, you see the cops kind of walking around like they're chums with him. It's it's an interesting scenario. And it's certainly, if I were somebody who was defending this guy, if I were an attorney defending this guy, I'd demand the videotape right away. I'd want to see it right away. Apparently, a lot of the footage has markations, according to Tucker Carlson. In other words, the January 6th Commission's already seen the video. Have all the defendants? Clearly not. Uh, according to Dershowitz, many of them have not. His client certainly hasn't, and he believes many others haven't either. That is outrageous. That is a miscarriage of justice if these defendants that are rotting in jail now 
for years, many of them, for going into the Capitol like the shaman guy? I, I mean, four years? He was in solitary confinement? Don't you think he deserves to see this footage and show that? Maybe think about maybe a jury would have thought had they seen it. What other people would have thought had they seen it. It sure paints a different picture. I would be demanding it tomorrow. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan in uh, Forest Hill. Stan, your thoughts about this? Give me a joke. What? <laughs> he has absolutely no credibility whatsoever. The biggest. Who are you talking about? Uh, Schumer? Who are you no, talking about? I'm t- I can talk about you if you want to add to it. But you look. Let's get real. Stan, I could go to you for a couple oh, days. We can but go, go ahead, both ways, honey. We go can ahead. do both ways. Go ahead. But anyway, but focus, please. The point please. is, Schumer was right on. It's. I mean, Carlson has no. He's a liar. He still believes the election was was a fraud. Stan, I mean, Stan, did Fox, you see? No, wait a Stan, no, no, no. You, no, Stan, is, Stan, hold on. Calm your pants. I don't want you to, you know, I don't want you to discharge or something. Okay, listen. All right. First off, all right. Let me just ask you. You, you here, you saw the videotape. Did you see it? I've seen it a hundred times. It means nothing. What, what you saw it with your own eyes? Don't you see something when you no, look I at it? I see you a see, maniac who shouldn't be on the damn Senate floor. But did you see? Ideas. Hang on, Stan. You hold can on. Make hang anything on. you want out of it. Yeah, I but, don't want to hear but, that. But, you but know? no, 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 no. Hang on, Stan. It's a fair point. I just want the truth, whatever the truth is. That's where I'm going, and I think everybody wants that. I, I think you also want that. But let me just ask you: We saw definitely selective editing. With the January 6th commission. I mean, they left out anything positive to Trump. They left out certain, they only showed, you know, and also they only showed certain points. If there is something in here that could be potentially exculpable for somebody like this guy, don't you think it needs to be shown? They deserve it. It's America. What is positive about an insurrection? Give me a break. Wait Will a minute. Stop? Wait a minute. Hang on, Stan. 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 That guy, the shaman guy, if you look at the footage, he is walking around with police officers, very calm. It's a very different impression, Stan. I mean, you can see it with your own two eyes. You saw it, right? Yeah. Squeeze the shaman like the... The, the old uh, commercial. Oh, what a my, joke. Uh, Stan, on, Stan you will never, you see it with your own two eyes, but hey, you, you, know you obviously, you know what, Stan, yeah. Stan, you obviously don't believe in justice, and I believe in fairness, and I believe in justice for everybody. And yeah, the guy, I wouldn't be walking around with a uh, shaman uniform on, but guess what? Does he deserve four years in jail when you see him being guided in, praying for police? Somehow, we didn't hear that in the January 6th commission. Maybe there's a lot more to the story than meets the eye. And if that's the case, guess what? It's America, baby. This is not Rita, like a Russian Rita. gulag, Stan. Guess what? I'm not into Russian gulag justice. Rita, but Stan, you, you should Stan, be on Fox, Rita. Stan, you know what? You should be on Mars. But I appreciate the call anyway, buddy. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Phil, I'm going to go to you because I need a little common sense after that one. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah, hi, Rita. Can you hear me? Yep, I hear you loud and clear. What'd you think of Mr. Sharman, Stan? Uh, Stan is typical of the illness that has overtaken the United States of America. You have you have people who you could you could hold up uh, uh, hold them up in front of a traffic light, you know, and the light turns red, and they say, "No, it's not really red; it's another color." I mean. 
these these people are very sick and troubled, but you have to, like you say, you always look at all sides of the story. Yeah, and, and, and you uh, heard my, my point, Phil. My point is we, America, and also these defendants, my goodness, they deserve to see the full picture. Juries need to see the full picture. You know, if I was sitting on a jury and I heard just the January 6th commission version, um, it's a very different version than this. So let's see. Let's have the American public see it. Um, you know, and apparently also, by the way, there were some people who said, well, it shouldn't be released because it's security issues. But because where the doors were or whatever, uh, apparently Tucker Carlson said he showed this video, what they were showing to the Capitol Hill police. And the Capitol Hill police uh, said, no, it's OK. There's one door that we're concerned. We don't want people to know about a certain door. And they blurred it out. So, I mean, you know, if it's been screened that there's no, like, you know, privacy reasons and no security issues, then you know what? Why doesn't the American public, what are, what are people like Stan and others afraid of? If the truth is what they think it is, well, then they shouldn't be afraid of seeing all the videotape. I think they should put it out there, let the American public decide. And as you heard, Phil, I really feel strongly about these people that have spent so long behind bars, and some of them apparently never had access to this. Certainly Dershowitz believes that, and he's representing one of these guys. So you know what? Guess what? That's a huge issue. I mean, I, I go back to Phil. This is That's not America. America, we let the truth come out wherever the results are. Your thoughts, Phil. Go ahead. All right. My, my, my point is this. I'm more worried about the people who didn't make it, that, that poor veteran woman that got, got shot by the Capitol officers. Yeah, Ashley Babbitt. You're right. And we, we still don't know the details on that. I agree. Ashley Babbitt served this country honorably. And if she just happened to walk into that building and walk around and look out a window and suddenly it's a man with a gun behind her, I mean, what, what, what troubles me is that, that the lie is of such a magnitude. Well, when you, when you look at it from, the, from a, an objective point of view, the Chinese communists have manipulated the government of this country into doing whatever their wishes are, and they're going to hurt the people of this country. The government was founded on the principle of, of, of enforcing the God-given laws of this country and the Constitution. The problem is the government does not do that. All it is is a bunch of lousy, cruddy career politicians who will do anything for a buck. They'll hurt anybody for a buck. But you can't but you can play politics with people's rights. I and I hear you by the way. And you know what's really sad? I mean, you know, to to see two very different impressions of what happened that day and to let, you know, Tucker Carlson's folks say there was no insurrection nor was it deadly. They talk about the Brian Sicknick guy and show that he was walking around after they claimed it was a near fatal attack on him. And he seems to be walking fine and everything again. You know, I haven't seen all the videotape. I have just seen what's aired on both places, whether it was the commission and this and the American public. We deserve answers that that is fairness. That is. And, and, the, and you're right. There seems to be a double standard of justice. And that is so un-American. That is outrageous. We're going to continue with your calls. Phil, we love you. We appreciate your service, especially as a veteran. We always appreciate you calling. 1-800-848-9222. Stan says, oh, it's a bunch of hogwash and the sky is green, not blue. Wah, wah. The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about what clearly are two different impressions of January 6th. 
And these new videotapes, you see them just kind of hanging around. Uh, you see the cops, and I'm sure they were working hard that day. I have no doubt there were a lot, of course, of protesters. Big question why there wasn't more security ahead of time. Why hasn't Nancy Pelosi been called about that? She oversees Capitol Security, her office. Lots of questions there. But this video by Tucker Carlson shows them kind of walking along with the QAnon shaman and other people in some places forming a line. I mean, being respectful, does that sound like a bunch of protesters? Very different impression. This is America, guys. This is not Russia. We're allowed to see the videotapes. And if you are accused of something, why the heck have you not had access to these videotapes that maybe could have painted a different picture, maybe even could have exonerated you? There are lots of questions tonight. Let's go to Michael, line six. Michael, your thoughts about this. Hi, Rita. Great segment. Um, my point is this. Um, prosecutors, any prosecutors, are required by law to turn over any possibly exculpatory evidence that would show that the person is not guilty of the crime that the prosecutors are charging them with. If the federal government, whether it's the commission or prosecutors themselves, had this video, they would have been required by law to turn this over to the defendants on trial. And they're Brady violations called Brady violations. Yep. And any, prosec- any prosecutor that um, breaks Brady is subject to disbarment. All of those federal prosecutors that worked on this case that did this should be disbarred. Yeah, and by the way, I absolutely agree with you. Every single defendant should be able to say they either had access to it or didn't. According to Dershowitz, at least some of them for sure did not, uh, and he didn't either. And he's about to go to trial in the case with his. This was like, oh, my God, this videotape is out there. This could help my client. Um, so you have to wonder about some of these others, and you have to wonder, especially ones that went to trial. If I was sitting on a jury, and I'll be honest, if I saw these two cases, remember, the burden is always on the prosecution, especially if you're going after somebody. The burden's on the prosecution side. So if suddenly the defense showed me this tape, I would go, sorry, I don't think they're guilty. If I saw this tape with the shaman guy, uh, maybe there's something else out there that we haven't seen that shows something else that would counter it. But at least the part that we saw here, if this was the only videotape we saw, um, and and only thing, maybe there's something else that we haven't seen, but it sure, it it really paints a very different picture. And you're right. This is America, and we need American justice, 1,000%, Michael. Let's go to Anastasia in Astoria. Uh, Michael brings up a great point. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see, did they have this video? Did the, did these prosecutors have it? And if, if they knew about it and didn't share it, they are in deep trouble. Good evening, Rita. Good evening, my friend. Go ahead real quick, my friend. I, I don't think the American need, the American people need any more than this right now to, to really know the reason they didn't want to show anything and they were so... Uh, after Trump. Yeah, real. Oh, because you think everything was Trump, Trump, Trump. And if it didn't fit the narrative, they didn't want to put it out. Thank you, everybody. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.